Welcome into the Daily Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Evan, and I'm joined today by two very special guests. I had one of them on before, Tanner. Glad to have you back, but we also have Travis on, a guy who covers the team for the Timberwolves, has had experience in the past covering basketball, has great knowledge. I've seen him on social media for quite some time now. Uh, Can't believe I have him on. Uh, Travis, how's it going, man? And first of all, uh, I know you were at the game last night, Travis. What was the building like last night? I kind of have to hear your thoughts. Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate you guys for setting the time aside, and I'm glad we was able to make things happen, you know, with the busy schedules and stuff. So uh, thank you again. And, um, yeah, last night, man, I mean, I watched the play-in from, you know, from my from my couch last year, and that was electric through the TV. And I felt like, you know, if, if last night the way the game started was going to be a glimpse of what the playoffs could look like, I'm really excited about the fact that I, I was able to come out to Minnesota and cover this team. I, I think that this team has a lot to offer. They have a lot of growth. And uh, we just got to show a little patience. That's all. You know, obviously they got the, the little bug going around the whole team right now. But um, last night was electric, you know, from the jump. And obviously, you know, things kind of dwindled down in that second half. But if anything – I know that the first half, the way that the fans came out electric like that and the house was packed mm-hmm. in the Target Center, I, I'm really excited about it. What, uh, I guess, so you you cover the team and you're, you're in the locker room and you get to interview players. Did you, uh, for also, Travis, I mean, where can they find you first on social media, man, just just so they can get a follow? And then yeah. when you, when uh, on top of that, when you cover the team, uh, secondly, did you see anything like before the game? Like, was there anything? Did you see the players before the night started? Yeah. Um, first off, everybody can follow me, Sneaker Reporter, on um, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. If you put in Sneaker Reporter, all my interview stuff will come up. Um, and uh, yeah, sneakerreporter.com. If you want to read any of my articles and, and any site, insight that I have um, as far as, you know, NBA, sports in general, sneaker culture, music. All the above, um, you can go to sneakerreporter.com and get get the daily updates. But um, to fast forward to the game, um, yeah, I was watching the pregame warmups, um, from from you know the team and you know they they were doing their regular routines and stuff. But you could tell it it just looked like you know they were a little you know gassed. Pretty much, they didn't have the energy. You know, we talked to Cat after the game. I mean, he said he didn't even eat the whole day, and he you know he's been going yeah. through cold cold sweats and. And, and, you know, he wasn't – he was nowhere near 100%. But I got to give the man credit for even going out there, you know, and, and, and playing his butt off. And um, same thing with Ant. Ant wasn't at his best, obviously, you know. So the fact that they were even able to get in the lineup because they knew it was a big game, I thought that was – that that spoke volumes for, you know, for the toughness that these guys have and, and the willingness that they want – they know that they have to win. Like, they want to get in the play-in or get to that sixth seed where they can host – or not host, but be able to be in the playoffs with it. Yeah, I think uh, 100%. We might have lost you there, maybe. We'll see. If we yeah, he, he, I think he dropped he dropped out real quick, but that's okay. I, you know, what he was saying was spot on about their toughness. And that's what I've taken away the entire Timberwolves season, Evan, is how tough this team and together this team is. Because uh-huh. even last night, they're out there fighting, man. And I, you know, in the beginning, you're watching it and you go, 
Is Torian Prince having another Chicago game where he's just not in it? He just feels lost because Torian Prince was chucking up these shots, missing missing open jumpers. He just looked lethargic, and his misses wide open in the corner were way off. I don't know if you saw that as well, but I was like, man, is he having a Chicago game? And then mm-hmm. you see Ant, and you're like, man, why is Ant not just yamming on some dude's head? Kyle, Kyle is slow to begin with, and he looks even a stepper slow. And like through the course of the game, all of these things just started, you know, adding up. And then in that third quarter, we saw it kind of the wheels fall off a little bit in that twenty-four to two run. But after the game with the reporting and the flu and how it was going around, we knew it, but I don't think we knew the severity. And so the fact that this team still went out there and played and gave it their all and ran out of gas midway through the third quarter to me, is just a sign of how tough and gritty the squad is, and I love it. I think, um, obviously, Ant didn't have a good game. The What do you – three for 13 or something. I don't remember what his statistics were quite way on the top of my head, but just not not a great night. And um, it's it's one of those – What actually, was he four for 16? I, I can't remember. I think it was three for 14. Three for 14, okay. And it's – it's crazy because you watch the game, you're watching it live, and you're sitting there as a fan, and you're like, you know in the back of your head, yeah, the illness is a thing and whatnot, but you're kind of criticizing Anthony Edwards, and you're kind of criticizing the team. Well, then, come later down the road, later in the game, now it's you start finding – or after the game, you find out from some of the reporters, like Johnny K, hey, Anthony Edwards actually is, was throwing up at halftime. He, he was having all these things, and he's going out there and still playing. You find out post-game Carlton Towns, like Travis said when we had him on, uh, that Carlton Towns hasn't been eating, and he just he can't keep anything down. And he's been in the bathroom, and there's been issues, and he's had the chills all night, and sleeping's been tough, and it's just all those things have come in. And then you start saying, man, wow, like that's that's crazy, like – those well, guys, like, like, like Travis was saying, like, you have to give them props for going out there and playing. And the one thing I can't deny, Tanner, is that they truly, like, that's how important it is to them. Yeah. They are trying their yeah. damn best to be out there for you us. You can never question these guys' heart and grit. And Travis, that's what I was saying, was that's yeah. been the through line of the entire season is these guys are still together. They care at the, the, the nth most degree. Their grit is off the charts. Yeah. 24 or the two running in the vacuum, like J-Mac missing open shots and the offensive flow becomes stagnant, but they ran out of gas. <laughs> like they yeah. ran out of gas, so you start settling. You don't get to the 10. You're going to settle for the easiest shot. You're going to do what the defense wants you to do, especially when they picked up that intensity in the third quarter and not try to force the issue because, frankly, you don't have the energy to force the issue. Yeah, they look. They looked really, you know, in that first half, they looked really good. They came out strong. That third quarter, that run, you know, that was that was brutal because they weren't able to establish anything on the offensive end. And you know, the if you if obviously you guys watch the the Timberwolves, their defense creates offense. You know, yep. they weren't uh-huh. they weren't able to get it going on the defensive end to be able to get their offense going. So you're already battling, you know, the the illness that's going around the team. So it's bad enough, you know, the energy's not going to be where you want it to be. So if you don't get anything on the defensive end, then obviously we saw what happened on the offensive end. They were they were forcing things up. They weren't really getting into the sets that Finchie was trying to get going. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, 
it, it happens, you know. And like I it said, happens. yeah, their their toughness. They they went on the court in general. They could have easily took the easy road out and and just say, hey, we're not gonna play tonight, you know. But the fact that mm-hmm. they got on the court, and like you said, um, John um even said that you know Ant was throwing up and stuff like that. I still admire the fact that they even you know went on the court last night for the fans and they knew the magnitude of the game, and that's all you can do is respect the fact that you know they they went out there and played their hearts out. This is what always fascinates me, and I, I think it's an interesting exercise since Evan was at the Phoenix game on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. What are what are Phoenix fans and other fans saying? You guys are around the team. What are yeah. other fans say about the Wolves? Um, when I was in Phoenix, I didn't hear too many things from fans to me. Um, I the first time I went to the the game, the Wolves played in Phoenix. Way I don't remember. It was way back in the fall, sometime I think November, and that was when Cam Johnson dropped like. 29 points on us kind of roasted us and that game I did I heard a lot of like trash talking towards us tons like verbally from when we got in the arena to on the streets to in the bars before so when we got in it was just like a relentless just non-stop just going at it and this but the second time I was there just now I didn't really hear too much about it um, I think Phoenix was so focused on Kevin Durant and his debut there that that was all the Suns fans were focused on is, oh, my God, we're so excited to see Kevin Durant play. And so that's all the chatter that I heard. Uh, insane arena. Sold out every single seat. Looked like a playoff game. They yeah. gave all these little, like, flapper things to every single fan mm-hmm. that you could fold and make all this noise. So it was so loud in that arena. It was electric. Everybody in that arena the other night was so hyped that Kevin Durant was playing it on their team. In the player intros alone, just it was crazy, man. But uh, and what a hard atmosphere to play. And the Wolves did play really good in that game. It did go down pretty close there, I thought. And it just even I just thought Jaden McDaniels played excellent in Kevin Durant and really held yeah. Durant quiet that night. And that's yeah. not been talked about as much, man. That that's crazy. Uh, seeing that, I I the one thing I did hear Tanner, there were fans around me saying. I Holy see crap, yeah. who, who is this guy guarding KD? Yep. And some people are saying, I heard a couple people go, that's Jaden McDaniels. And people are like, who is that? You don't know who Jaden McDaniels is? Like, y'all, dude, that's a good young defender. So yeah. I did hear that a couple of times. No, that, that sounds that sounds everything what I expected it to be. You know, he did a great job on KD the other night. Um, he's starting to get that national recognition. Even Paul George had him on, um, was talking yeah. about podcast mm-hmm. as one of the elite defenders and you know and, and I even said it he needs to be first team all defense I mean the way that he's just look what he did with LeBron in that first right. half I mean there's there's so many things that this man is doing on the defensive end whether it be you know getting deflections blocks you know he's just a pest on the defensive end and that's what you want on your team and um the crazy thing is his as he gets steals and blocks and all that stuff, then then he starts cutting more. Then he starts getting his threes to go in. Mm-hmm. Then he, he starts getting going as a complete player. Yeah. And if he can get if we can get a complete, you know, Jaden McDaniels like in throughout the whole plan and playoffs, man, it could be scary, you know, because I feel like this team is peaking at the right time, minus this illness, obviously. But nope. I think they're peaking at the right time. They got cat back. Getting cat back is pretty much basically like they did another trade because we didn't have <laughs> yeah. So yep. a lot of people got to look at it from that angle and, and look at it with some positivity. You for know, you can't really 
Yeah, you can't base it off these last couple games, I feel like, because of the illness. No, it's just not only trade. You got a third-team All-NBA guy back from the year before who shoots 40% at a high exactly. volume three exactly. for nothing. Like, you didn't have to give up anything of that value. And, the, and mm-hmm. Evan talked about this last time with Jaden. You know, the two things that just really stood out this season of how he stopped defending with his hands and he starts defending with his chest, which, you know, early on he get, he still gets cheap fouls, but he was getting cheaper fouls because he'd be reaching in. And yeah. all these smart NBA players, they would do rip-throughs or whatever. And then his handle. His, 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 his handle is so much tighter, mm-hmm. and his, his combo moves off the bounce into his shot with his pocket being as tight as it is, he's brought started bringing it closer to his uh, closer to his body as a sport as opposed to more of a looping motion, and yeah. it's really allowed him to take that next level as an offensive player. But like with Rudy Gobert, what we're seeing is, you know, de- when he gets a few touches on offense, and this is with any big guys, it starts informing their defense. Those rotations are a little bit more communicative. They have more confidence. They have more energy. And the same can be said with Jaden. If you notice in the first quarters, since that Warriors game, they try to get Jaden off in the first quarter. You know, he's, he's getting four shot attempts in the first 10, I believe, the last three games. And that is a mentality thing because you're rewarding this guy on this end to get his rhythm. So on the other end, he's like, all right, I just got a hoop on KD. Let's go. Let's go. Chin up. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is that that is Finchy and the guys understanding one another as teammates and w- how they succeed as basketball players. And like you were saying, Travis, I think they're peaking at the right time, this illness aside, because after that Chicago game, teams that weren't together would have fractured. They would have fell apart. But this team yeah. didn't. <laughs> you know, they yeah. came back even more bullish. Yeah, they definitely did. I, I like, like I said, I like what they're doing. I, I like the emergence of this Jaden McDaniels. It's crazy on media day. I, I asked him because he just finished playing in the Seattle Pro-Am. And I was like, hey, are we going to, is this the offensive, you know, outburst we can see from you during the season? And he was like, well, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get to. You know, he was like, I want to get to that point where, you know, this is what you're going to be able to see. And I feel like now we're starting to see that offensive bag because we've already seen the defense. So now he's 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 taking it to that next level, and um like you said they could have they could have crumbled after after Chicago but they didn't. Yep. So you know it's just one of those where I feel like they're gonna continue to go up. You know you already got Anthony Edwards' confidence high from his first half of the season. Then you bring. He's able to flow uh, they, and go anywhere, you know. So am I absolutely? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you're, you're the Rudy, the Rudy comment is is spot on, and I'll I'll toss it to Evan real quick. But you know, if we can get into the playoffs, I firmly believe in law laws of averages. And this season, we have been so nipped in the bud by all of these injuries. It doesn't feel like we've had our entire squad together the entire year. Yeah. And you know, Nas losing Nas in that second unit we saw last night is going to be huge. It's a huge yeah, loss, yeah. but that laws hurts. of averages. If we get into the playoffs and maybe some of these breaks start breaking our direction that have not broken our direction for the first 78 games of this season, I still believe we can beat anybody in the playoffs. I'm not scared of any team. What do you do if uh without Nas Reed now, like what's like who's stepping up, I guess? Like, is it, is it, if you're going to the playoffs, do you bring in Nate Knight or do you bring in Luca Garza or you just, or like, do you look even at a guy like a dark horse guy, like Josh Minot? Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Luca. This, (laughs) well, for me, for me, this is what I think has to happen and probably will happen. And I think, I think, uh, Kat kind of hinted at it last night. I think, 
what's going to have to happen is one of the starters is going to get sent to the bench earlier so that they'll be able to play within that second unit. So, you know what I'm saying? Because you need somebody that's going to be able to, to anchor that second unit, you know, and try to make up for the, the, the minutes that's going to be lost and the points that's going to be lost with Nas being out for the next six weeks. So you gotta, you gotta shift somebody, you know, basically, you know, kind of push them to the second unit slowly throughout the game with the rotations and then have, you know, have the bench trinkle in and keep a starter in basically. So, well, and we're going to decrease our rotations once playoffs come, you know, the for 10 sure. yeah, and we're going for to, sure. you know, J Mac, I love him. God bless him. He's not seeing the floor in the playoffs. And if, you know, the backup is going to be Kyle Anderson and not in certain situations, you're going to have Torian yeah. coming off the bench. You're going to have Kyle coming off the bench and Towns is going to like, we're going to need that punch, but it Finch is going to decrease rotations to eight. That's just yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I, I totally agree. I feel like, you know, obviously you're going to have a, a a certain rotation going into the playoffs. And um, the only way, you know, you know, Jordan gets in there pretty much is if we really need a breather or something happens or something like that. But mm-hmm. he's still a good facilitator and still somebody that could give you some minutes, you know, to give, you know, Conley and, and Kyle a chance, you mm-hmm. know, to kind of play, you know, play, play off of them once they got to go to the bench. So, he could still play a role. He still he still has the experience to do it. But I just think that like that the the points that you're missing with Nas, you're gonna have to like have like a little bit or you know, for a couple of minutes. Or maybe Ant play with them for a couple of minutes. You know, instead of them getting their usual rest, they just play with the second unit. Evan, who do you trust more as a backup point right now? Nah or J Mac? Um, I'm gonna trust Nah for sure. I just think Jordan is uh, been awesome in his career here at Minnesota. I, I absolutely love J-Mac, one of the most fan favorite players out there. But there's been uh, no doubt that ever since he's returned from his injury that there's just been something not fully going. Like, it just he just doesn't look like himself. Uh, he just hasn't been the same J-Mac. And I don't know if we could blame just the recovery from the injury or what it's been like, but just – he just isn't himself right now, and I have all the faith in the world, and I believe in Jordan uh, so much that I believe eventually he will be good. He will be back, and he still is has such a high IQ, and the injury doesn't affect the IQ, but I just think it's just – there's just been – there's been issues with him on the floor, and um, you know, last night they needed him. He was missing some of those huge threes. He, he couldn't buy a bucket at points, and yeah. man, the Wolves just – he hasn't been confident. That's one thing too. He hasn't been confident at all in his three point shot since returning. Like he ga- the he game's like, sped up on him. The game seems yeah. like it's sped like he up refuses, on him a little bit. And he refuses to take three pointers now. Like he will literally pass it out. Even when he's open, he, it's just like it's in his head. You can just see it's a lot of stuff in his head right now, too. And yeah. um, you know, we talked about it before, I think. Like if you come back from a really if an injury like um like let's say you're in high school and you had a pretty severe injury to an extent where you missed a period of time and you come back, you just don't move the same because you're worried about re-injuring it or doing something. Maybe it's just a mentality thing. I think we'll eventually get Jordan back. But right now, I'm going to go with Nah. So I don't know about you two, but I would go with Nah because he provides great defense. And he has the upside to perform with playmaking, the upside with three-point shooting. Well, J-Mac's biggest value was how he unlocked Nas and their chemistry. And, and this Jay- is the turnover ratio, for yeah, sure. And, J- and Jalen yeah. loved playing with him as well because Jalen's such a black hole on offense. And J-Mac was passed first. It was kind of this nice balance. Well, with Jalen out and with Nas out, J-Mac's value is limited. And then 
you know, the other little sneaky thing about last night, we saw the Lakers defense on J-Mac leaving him open. There was mind games that were being played after that first miss. And that stems directly from D'Lo. You know D'Lo for a fact because he knows this dude so well was going to coaching staff. Oh, yeah, he misses one, you're in his head. Or something of that nature because th- that's how the game goes. And it's just, it's just a damn shame because he is a really, really solid point guard. And for all intents and purposes, I don't know him personally, a great dude that we all want to see succeed. It just feels like the big games where that third quarter defensive intensity by the Lakers picks up an extra notch. He doesn't have that gear to get there yet. Mm. Yeah, I like I said, I, I like, I like, well, you know, the kill definitely uh, when he comes in the game defensively, and he makes he makes some shots, and he and he can definitely he has some length for the defensive end. Um, I just really like Jordan for his IQ because mm-hmm. it's not all about shot making ability. You know, it's all about okay. I know this is cat spot. I know this is where Rudy needs it. Yeah. You know, so I'm always going to take the high IQ. You know, obviously both players, I, I want both players to, you know, succeed. Um, so if I had to pick one, for me, I think it would be Jordan. Just because he's already familiar with the what, what where everybody knows where Ant wants it. So even if his shot's not going, he still knows where the ball needs to be. You know, defensively, I don't think he'll be, you know, Nah would be better defensively, obviously. But, um... I do know in in the playoffs, you know, it comes down to can you execute the the plays and do you know where to get the ball and you know it's all about that offense. Yes, defense is important, but you got to get some shots and I, I feel like Jordan's gonna have that confidence when when it comes around. I guess uh, uh, kind of hopping off the, this topic just because I know uh, you cover the team, Travis. Yeah, who's been? Who would you say kind of? Like over the last since the Timberwolves have kind of made their run here, yeah. and towards this end of this part of the season, I would I would say like from being around the team, who's been really a leader in the locker room? Who's been vocal? Who's like how is who's getting the Timberwolves through these times? Because like earlier in this podcast, Tanner, you said teams would have crumbled after the game in Chicago. Who's really kept this team as one? And I just got to hear like. Who are the veterans in the locker room, or, or maybe it's not even a veteran. Maybe it's a young player like Anthony Edwards, but who's really kept them together, man? Yeah, I, I honestly, one thing that I really was like, kind of like at awe about when I when I first came out here mm-hmm. with the whole season just covering them was the fact that Anthony Edwards, like, dude, he holds himself accountable. He really mm-hmm. does, like. Um, I remember when he got named the All-Star and stuff like that. And that game, um, you know, after my pregame with him and Kat and everything, I went to locker room. I went, over, I went straight over to him. I was like, hey, man, congrats on the um, All-Star and stuff like that. That game, I forgot what they played exactly off the top of my head right now. But um, they losing. And I remember I went to him and I was like, um, I was like hey, All-Star. Make sure you get the um the scoring record or whatever like that. He worried about that. He's like, man, we lost, man. I should have did this. I could have did this, but that. And I was just like, you know what? This guy, he really self accountable. He holds the team accountable. So when you talk about leadership, I think Ant holds his teammates accountable. You know, and he'll, he'll yell yeah. it out to, him, hey man, you could have did this. I could have did this. He's not the type of person that shy away from it. And I think the leadership skills honed in 
I think it came from Cat. You know, when Cat was gone, he was doing. So now mm-hmm. with Cat being back, I think Cat gets back into that. TP did a great job with leadership too. Um, he was another person. Kyle Anderson is a is another another person. I would say his leadership, and so those are the guys on Rudy. The Sorry, wow. Chase, Rudy, Rudy that, that, that's interesting to me because I was going to ask about Rudy because he was such a yeah. polarizing figure beca- before he came to Minnesota, personality-wise, yeah. all these things. And since D'Lo left, and I'm not blaming it on D'Lo for the record. I actually love D'Lo. I know he's a great guy. He's great in the community. But there's clearly some a rift between those two. Mm-hmm. It seems like Rudy's been really, really embraced by not just the team but the community and things of that nature. How does Rudy lead? How how is he as a human being and a personality wise? Yeah, I mean, so even even what I talked about with Ant, like he holds himself accountable. You know, he talks about the defensive end, what he could have did better. You know, we could have did this better. But then also, you could tell that it's like they're tight together. Like when games are over, they're like, "All right, man, I'll be on PS Five in ten minutes." <laughs> <laughs> so they're actually That's like. Awesome. Doing like they're not just like teammates and you know they're actually on ps5 and playing and different things like that so you could tell team it's like a brotherhood yeah so that's good exactly and i think that's what keeps them together when you have those tough games like chicago game like last night where it's like you know we went ill but we still got this we know it's 82 games We'll be right back in the mix, and uh, that's that's the biggest thing. Like I said, they hold each other accountable, from Ant all the way to Rudy, TP, you know, Cat being back. You know, I haven't really had the chance to encounter a lot of Cat because of the injury. You know, this is my first my first year covering the team, but from what I've seen from him, when he talks, they listen, and um, you know, it's 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 honestly one of those situations where I feel like it's just like contagious, you know, where they yeah. all be able to get better so like i said rudy's very vocal when it comes to the defensive end even in the games if you're watching he's holding people accountable on the defensive ends calling out spots hey switch 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 all the above so he's the defensive anchor and i think that also leads in the locker room too because when he speaks up about different things and what they could have did you know they definitely listen but like what i said it's Ant's, Ant's the one that kind of surprised me coming over here because all i saw from Ant before i came out here was clips of him you know, being being a being a jokester, you know, a funny guy, this and the third. Uh-huh. But then when I came over here, I was like, no, this guy's really locked in. Like he wants to be the best two way player in the NBA. Like he wants to go against the best player on the other team. He wants to clamp down on them in those clutch clutch moments and stuff in those situations. And even after his accolade, like I said, with the All Star thing, I went over to him and he was like, man, I'm not even worried about the All-Star game. And he was like, I just lost. I just feel like I lost this game. I could have did this, but I could have did this. I said, you know what? This man, he's going to be he's going to be special. <laughs> yeah. That's what's awesome. your comp, what's your comp for him and Jaden cuz so many Wolves fans go Michael and Scotty. What's yours? Mm. Hmm. I'm going to say come back to me on that one. But Okay. My thing is I gotta, you know, I like to assess people after the whole season. So when when the season's over, we can we could talk about it. Cause my All thing, right. the playoffs are where I really, you know, gouge who you are, you know. So if I see some clutchness from him, you might get MJ. You know, it just depends on what I see. But from right now, like, you know, I feel like he's in a class of his own because he's doing stuff that 
somebody at his age really hasn't been doing in the NBA, especially with, I mean, look at the made threes. He's already got the hit, broke the history on that. So he's doing things that I didn't expect, you know, coming out here. Like I said, I came into it like, okay, cool. They got cat. They got, they got Ant, they got Rudy, you know, but I was like, you know, let's figure out what's going to happen, you know, but I, I definitely been, I've been loving every moment of covering Anthony Edwards, man. And, and I tell my family and friends, like, this guy's special, you know. And, and and the thing that bothers me the most is I came from OKC, which is another team in a, you know, in another city that doesn't get the recognition that they deserve. And I feel like Minnesota, you know, the Timberwolves get the same nod as OKC, where it's like, you got a bright star in, in Anthony Edwards, but he didn't get a, enough voting. He didn't get enough, of, you know, enough attention because of being in Minnesota. Same thing as with Shea being in OKC. So I... I I just want more attention on Anthony Edwards for sure. And and he definitely needs to get some praise for his two-way play this year. Dude, I mean, Thanks. so real quick, sorry, Evan, I, I keep cutting yeah. you off here, but Dude, it's um, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just so fascinated with Travis because he's coming from different teams and he covers the team. So when Wolves fans complain about the whistle, because nobody cares about the Minnesota Timberwolves, and this is your first year here and you've covered other teams, are you going, yep, they have a beef? Or are you going, eh, Chill out, Wolves fans. It's not that bad. Yeah, I'm more so on the chill out. It's not that bad because okay. at the end of the day, um, you got to understand that, like I said, I was covering the Celtics. I covered covers the Thunder as well, like numerous seasons, like over five seasons each. So it's like the Celtics were a veteran team where they had KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rondo. Then I went to OKC where they were season two. Yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, Kevin Durant. You know, Serge Ibaka. You know, those guys. But as I was still in OKC, they started getting younger because obviously they got rid of those players. So I had, you know, I had Shea there. I had Darius Baisley, you know, so the young guys, Lou Dort. So my thing is I look at I look at Minnesota as, okay, it's a mix of veterans and young people. So when I look at this situation, Anthony Edwards, like he doesn't get the he doesn't get the calls that he he deserves right now. But those are also you know, seasoned veteran calls that he needs, that he wants, that he hasn't got yet. So it's still early, you know, in his career. So, you know, give it a couple years, you know, that same whistle that the, the Wolves fans are like, what the heck is going on? It's like, relax, a couple years down the line, you know, he'll be able to get those those calls. And, um, you know, I, I one thing I could definitely tell you is last night, it was electric in that that Target Center. That was the first game where I was like, this is why I'm here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just, yeah. that, that atmosphere, it, the atmosphere was like Western Conference 2015 when I was in OKC-esque. And that wasn't even a playoff game. So for me to feel that way, that just lets me know, okay, the play-in and then the playoffs, there's probably another level that the fans can get to for excitement and for just hype in general with this team because the sky's the limit with this team. When they're fully healthy, I, I really... I, I really don't see anybody that can really beat them, you know, honestly. You got Jaden McDaniels who can lock up any mm -hmm. any player, any single player. You know, he might not be able to, you know, shut them down, shut them down because he's going against the best player on the opposite team. But if he can cut that in maybe half or give a, like a third of what they could do, and then you got Anthony Edwards going, then you got Cat going with Rudy anchoring the defense in the back, and then you still got Mike Conley, man. Mike Conley. Yeah. Let oh. me talk about this man for a second. And I know I'm rambling, but Mike Conley, the, the leadership and the IQ he's brought, and now he's making the shots. And you can see his confidence is coming now. So, oh, so if good. you can get all that mixed into one, 
and get get a favorable favorable series to start the start the playoffs, I, I think they can move forward. They're they're a team that I don't think anybody really wants to run into. And I'm like I said, I'm excited about what's gonna happen with um you know with the fans and targets and the man. I'm so excited, man. What's uh looking at the last games coming up? So we have uh, the Trailblazers tomorrow. I believe it's an afternoon start. It's a kind of a weird game. That makes me a little nervous because the Wolves don't always play good in afternoon games. And then they're battling illness. That's it's yeah. kind of nerve-wracking as a fan, right? Um, yeah. But I know that the Blazers have shut down Damian Lillard. Uh, for those listening who don't know that, uh, Damian Lillard will be out tomorrow. The Trailblazers are kind of tanking right now. So the Wolves, it's a must-win even with the illness. Uh, and then they have the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday. Then they have the Spurs coming up and the Pelicans to end the season. The Pelicans game at home, actually, that game could be – that's on Easter. And that could be insane for ramifications, right? Yeah. Pelicans are right behind the Wolves, and a lot of people don't realize that. And so yeah. that game could be what the Lakers game was the other night when you were there, Travis. That game could be that kind of atmosphere, that big of a game, where if this team wins, it means this. If that team wins, it means this. He could really go down to that, and then there's talks of Zion Williamson returning back a couple, like a couple days before that for a game. Excited about that is what I'm. I have look. I've covered the NBA obviously all of Zion's years, and every time I had the chance, whether it was like in OKC or anything, like he was always not available. If he shows up for this one game, I will be. I will. I'm ready to see what he what he looks like in person. You know, the last time I saw, yeah. last time I saw Zion play was at Duke. You know, so I, I want to be able to see what he can do in the game, and, and obviously, like you said, there's gonna be uh, there might be huge ramifications for that game. So I'm excited to finally see Zion like in the NBA. You know, you I have know, I haven't seen that. You know what's crazy for the, for both of you? So the Timberwolves put out tickets on the app for those listening. For the game on Easter, yes, it is Easter. I know it's a family day, but you know what? <laughs> it's Timberwolves basketball, and it might be a big game. They put out tickets for, like, $10 tickets starting upper level. <laughs> I'm surprised there's tickets still available and Wolves fans aren't snatching up. I feel like sometimes people don't snatch up tickets because they, because they think, oh, I can just get it later on. But then it's going to be a sellout like the Lakers game. And I'm just thinking, like, if that game were to come down to those ramifications, why wouldn't you grab tickets now? But that's just me. That's just but me Wolves fans are damaged. Me. Wolves fans are damaged. And they're prisoners of the moment like we all are. We're passionate. We love the team. But, you know, we have PTSD from, you know, years past. And so, you know, after Wednesday and then last night's game, Timberwolves fans are licking their wounds. They're not thinking about, you know, next Sunday. They're thinking, oh, my God. We might be the 10 seed in the play-in. We might miss the playoffs because doomsday always occurs with Timberwolves fans. But, you know, as Travis was saying, this team feels different. You know, as fans, we become emotional. This team seems very business-oriented. And I believe in the trajectory of what they're building. And, Travis, you are going to, going to be the Minnesota Timberwolves good luck charm because what I hear from you is Boston Celtics, start your career, NBA championship. Oklahoma City Thunder, Harden, Westbrook, Durant, go to the NBA Finals. Now your next stop is the Minnesota Timberwolves. What did we need to break the curse? Travis Singleton, <laughs> a.k.a. the sneaker reporter. The man. The, hey, man, yeah. the legend. Look, man, um, I, I just try to go where I try to go where I feel there's a trajectory, right? 
every time in my career where I'm like, all right, I'm at a stagnant point, I always say, what's next? What's the next challenge for me? Like, what could be an exciting situation? And um, before I, I chose to come out to Minnesota, you know, I looked at it. I said, well, they got Anthony Edwards. You got Cat. Then they acquired Rudy. I was like, you know, there's there's that's already enough in itself. I was like, all they need is a couple of things to go in the right way, you know, and then they could switch things up. And I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't see Anthony Edwards going off the way he did. And I learned a lot about this man, you know, this season covering him. And it's honestly been an honor to cover him. Like, you know, I feel like he's one of the best interviews in, in the league, if not one of the best. What's, uh, what's the last uh, kind of, before we start wrapping things up here, what do you think? September will have four games left. We went through the opponents. Uh, let's just start with tomorrow real quick. Yeah. I, w- I want to get it from both of you. We taking a win uh, against the, uh, tomorrow or a loss? What's your uh, What's your take against the Trailblazers? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll win. I think 17 and a half point favorites. We got yeah, that one. They'll win. Um, <laughs> you know, they got Sharp over there. They got they got Little. They don't have Lillard and they don't have Simon. So this. There's a total difference, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, if Damian Lillard's there, I feel like there's fair. You he puts fair in your heart. Um, you know the other players, they're they're playing for next year. That's what that's all about. You know, mm-hmm. let's get the reps in now. Let's see what they can do. Let's see who's gonna be here next year. Who's not gonna be here? Who's a part of our plan? So the, I think the only thing that in- scares me is this team does have a tendency to play to its level of competition. Very as, we've, as we've seen from inferior opponents in the seven losses we've had to them. So that's the only thing that concerns me. But, yeah. you know, in a vacuum, if we're going, hey, uh, we're going to rest a couple of these guys and roll out Luca and Minot and give them some minutes so we can get some rest, I still feel like we can win that game because I, I, I just have a feeling that these guys are going to make the push for the six because we win the next four and Lakers and the Lakers lose one. We, you know, and the Warriors lose one. We're in the sixth, though. Yeah, I, I like I like where we're at right now. Like I said, I, I want them to get the six. I think that's a I think that's a win for sure. Let me ask you, Evan, real quick, uh-huh. um, because it, so Travis said something earlier, but I didn't have a time to interject. But that chemistry thing that he spoke of explains a lot as to why they're a better road team than they are home team. Because teams that are really well con- connected and enjoy being around one another, when you go on those road trips. Um, it, it shows itself. Yeah. And why the Warriors are so bad on the road. You know, you got Draymond punching pool before the season. Do you think those dudes are having dinner together, playing video games together? <laughs> what, you know what I mean? Like, no, no way in hell. But if I, if we had sat here a week and a half ago, us three having beers, and I said to you guys, you know, we're about to go on that East Coast road trip and then our West Coast road trip um, back to back. And we're going to finish that road trip, I believe, six and three. Six and three. Mm-hmm. All of our reactions would be, hell yes. Yeah. Give me that every day. Right? Yeah. 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 So we're in a, a spot we actually didn't expect to be in when we were looking at the schedule. So that, that, I just wanted to say that. Brooklyn's on Tuesday. Is that the next game? Yep. Brooklyn's on Tuesday. I think – I think the Wolves are going to win in Brooklyn. I really do. I think they was that close last time. I think that's the first day the Wolves will start feeling healthier from the sickness. Some guys will still have it, yeah, but like tail end. Like maybe Cat's a little off because uh, he just kind of 
got the illness from what I've seen, but like Edwards should be good by Tuesday, I would think. If everything goes well, obviously. Um and Torian, things like that, Austin Rivers, all these guys. I think they're gonna win in Brooklyn. I think they have a real, real good shot. I think it's gonna be a really close game. Go under the wire. Travis, does, I think Towns look thicker. Is does Towns look thicker in person now than he did at the beginning of the year? That's a great question. Um, maybe a little bit, but that also comes from not playing. Yeah, it comes from the injury and you know different conditioning. Yeah, and everything like that. But it wasn't like a significant like difference. Like, oh my goodness, you know, like. I remember um, during the the COVID year, that was a significant difference. You remember when he, how skinny he was? Like that was different. So, I think he did that intentionally, though. I thought th- I thought that was intentional off season workout. He like did the inverse AD where AD came back because he was tired of Chuck and Chuck calling him soft and put on too much muscle, and he did like the inverse where you remember LeBron in Miami that one year did that like yeah. crazy diet and then like yeah. took two weeks off and came back and was old LeBron. I think sometimes these guys try to get Tim Duncany, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with it and realize, oh, wait, I actually have to be heavier because I get pushed around too much and my body doesn't hold up. Yeah. So, I, like I said, that was a that was a different, you know, that that Towns was different. But this one, it wasn't, like, too far off from the, from the beginning of the year. One thing I definitely um, noticed was, like, his conditioning coming into the season was, like, impeccable. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. he was – Running, he was running all over the place, this, that, and the third, like as far as transition and lateral on defense. Um, since he's came back, you know, he's he's obviously – he's playing on adrenaline, I feel like, you know, where it's like, all right, I might be winded, but I'm still going to, you know, do this for my team because they need me right now. And um, after last night, let me know, like, you know, just talking to him after the game that, you know, he takes pride in this Timberwolves team. Like he wants to win. He wants to be there. He doesn't – he feels like if he's not there, he's letting everybody down. And, you know, like I said, the biggest thing is he's holding people accountable and he's holding himself accountable. So he said that, um, you know, he's going to talk to Coach Finch about some things that he wanted to talk about as far as adjustments with Nas being out. So it's going to be interesting to see what adjustments they make, especially down this stretch with Nas being out for, you know, the next six weeks. Yeah, especially because his minutes are going back up now and he's still been rehabbing. He's still been running on adrenaline. He's going to get it back eventually here. And he's been performing pretty well, obviously yeah. having big games without it. Um, I, in the playoffs, you're going to need everybody, and you're going to play more minutes, and that's just the key. So it's good that you got Carl back now, and he's got to, like, amp it up before the playoffs uh, just because we obviously know how much of a bud bath the playoffs are. What uh, kind of, like, the last thing I want to hear from you, too, really is where do we think the Timberwolves are going to finish if you're predicting – where they're going to predict seed-wise in the West. Best prediction. Uh, go for it, anybody. I'll let you go first. I think – I honestly think they're going to win out. I think they're going to go 4-0. I think that game 82 against New Orleans is going to be one of those games that's like Denver game, you know, the game 83. We all remember that, where it's just uh-huh. going to be – we thought last night was electric. And given – the veterans on this team, I don't think they'll be faced by that moment at all. I don't think Ant's scared of anything. I think Gobert's a winner through and through, and so is Conley, even if they haven't won a championship. And I think that's had a calming effect on Cat, as we saw in the first two games back with the free throws and the three-pointers. He just seems like a more mature person. We haven't seen the tantrums and the outbursts. I think that's a, a, an effect that's been occurring. And so I think we went out and we get the sixth seed, to be honest with you. 
um, unless the Lakers win out, which is very, very possible. But the Lakers have a harder schedule. I think they have Phoenix on the schedule. I think they have Denver on the schedule. So I'd imagine they drop one of those. But you know, I think six seed Kings, we beat the Kings in six. We take on Memphis. And Memphis, I think, is going to go probably seven. But I still like our chances. If we can go Kings, Memphis, and Denver, I think we can beat all three of those teams. Phoenix scares the living crap out of me. Golden State's uh-huh. always a kryptonite. Um, and the Lakers, I don't trust the NBA not to be like, eh, <laughs> we, got, we, just, we know we just signed the new CBA, but the TV's rights deals are uh, we're signing this summer. And Lakers' <laughs> uh, Western Conference Finals are Timberwolves. Let's, uh, let's throw it back to the early 2000s here. Really? Nah, I, I, I hear you on that. Uh, for me, uh, like I, I, think, I think they do win out, but it, like, it's just tough to kind of predict the seeding. I want the six, obviously, but, you know, Golden State and the Lakers are in front of us as far as their win out. So uh, if we get the six, cool. But I feel like with this team, it don't really matter. You know, I think seeding don't really matter. Give us whoever you want to give us, play in or first round, whatever it may be. Um, I just think that this team has the IQ, the poise, the chemistry. Um, I just think they're, like I said, they're peaking at the right time. And um, sometimes that's what it's all about. Look at FAU. You know, yeah, it's, right. it's all about mm-hmm. the team just coming together at the right time. And I feel like this is this is that moment for the Timberwolves. And, and I'm hoping I bring a little bit of that luck with it. You know, coming out here to cover them, I would, I would, <laughs> I would, I would want nothing more than the Boston Celtics versus the Minnesota Timberwolves in the NBA Finals. My hometown versus my new town. I'll take that any day. Um, I'm on record to say that the Timberwolves, I, I would favor them in the in the finals. I'd want them to win it because we're leaving you, the sneaker reporter. Bring that good luck charm. Lakers here. This is look, their remaining I'm, schedule. They've got the Rockets in Houston tomorrow, yeah. where they just lost. Then they go to Utah. Then they play the Clippers, then they play the Suns, and then they play the Jazz again. Um, as far as the so that feels very three and twoy to me. But um, I don't know about you guys. And then the Warriors, I'm just checking it real quick. They've got they're in Denver tomorrow. Then they play the Thunder. Then they're in Sacramento. Then they have Portland. That feels three and one, two and two to me. So yeah, if we do win out, I have a feeling. I, I don't see the Warriors you know, taking down Denver and Sacramento and, and Oklahoma City all in the span of a week. Yeah. Especially with two on the road. Unless, you know, Denver sits people, you yeah. know. They are yeah. Up. You gotta you gotta factor in those things coming in coming down to it, you know, teams that already locked up where they're gonna be, they could easily be like, all right, let's just rest. We already know where we're at. We don't have to worry about playing. True. So, anything's possible with load management in the NBA, I've noticed. So we just got to get in like the seventh, sixth, seventh, eighth, and we'll be in good shape. We yeah. just have, to have those two playing games. If it were to come to that, we gotta have we gotta have home court if possible, but also just the ability to play two playing games would be huge. Anything yeah. can happen when it's just one game. Um, I, I think this team is way too good to drop two playing games. So I, I think can. if you can get in, yeah, if you can get in seven or eight. Um, if you don't get in six. That's where we gotta we gotta aim. And shout yeah. out to the NBA real quick. I know there'd be a lot of grief because of the refereeing and just all of this stuff, but the playing game when it was brought up last year, Wolves fans were pissed because we finished what six games ahead of the Clippers and we had to do another playing game. This year, the play playing game is gonna be lit. And like all yeah, of these teams deserve a chance and it's awesome. Yeah. I, I actually I, I like the play in this year, especially because I've never seen 
I mean, in all my years covering the NBA since 2010, like I haven't seen the Western Conference this packed in my life. Like usually yeah. it's like it's like, all right, we know who the five are. Maybe there's three teams, like two or three teams at the end that can push for those last couple of spots. But I mean, this is just like three through like 12. It's been ridiculous. This is 95, man. You remember 1995 when the Rockets won the championship as the sixth seed? But the, and then uh, also 2012, was that the year that uh, San Antonio lost to or uh, San Antonio was a seven seed and beat Dallas, who was a two seed in the first round, but they were separated by one game, even though one was the yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminds me of those two yeah. years. That was the lockout year. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, well, no, that was nine, that that was ninety nine when the the Knicks were the eight seed. There is some precedent, but you're exactly right. Like if you guys right now said to me, these teams, the Nuggets, the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Timberwolves. All the Clippers, one of those eight teams came out of the West and was in the NBA Finals. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go. You're out of your mind. You're crazy. Like that's yeah. nuts. Eight teams you could actually foresee being yeah. in the NBA Finals. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, when's the last time we 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 put the the Wolves in an NBA Finals conversation? Oh four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm hoping. Look, I'm hoping that I'm hoping yeah. that you know I could be the good luck charm and, and we can at least. My thing is at least get me to the Western Conference Finals. I'll be great with that. You know, NBA Finals, I'm doing cartwheels down next to Target Center. <laughs> you've, been, you've been covering the team since 2010. I'm 36 years old, Travis. My ass is too old to be doing cartwheels, all right? 34, I'm right behind you, but I'm going to be doing cartwheels if they all make right, it. All right, There we go. I'll Tanner, a few, a few, a few uh, old fashions, you'll be doing cartwheels, man. But oh. <laughs> don't be, be – uh, no. uh, it, It's going to be well. exciting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting, man. I think if you're a Wolves fan, this is the time of the year you got to live for. And, I mean, what better time than these last four games where every single game you turn on your TV and tune in, it's a playoff game. Every single game is going to be a grind. It's really a privilege to have covered this team. It's a privilege that, uh, you know, I've had you two on today. And I can't appreciate you more for joining in. And I uh, hope to have both of you eventually back in the, in the future, obviously, as guests. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up, boys? I appreciate you guys. Go Wolves. Yeah, I appreciate you all for having me on, man. Like I said, you know, I'm glad we were able to, you know, set aside some time to make it happen and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing too. Um, you know, I'm still new to the area, so I'm still trying to get some of these Wolves fans to to see what I'm doing and, and get their eyes on what I'm doing. So I'm not really the type that's like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Like, so, like, if you find out and you figure out what I'm doing, you'll see what I'm doing. But um glad everything worked out so i'm i'm like i said i'm happy and honored that i I get the chance to cover this wolves team man it's been a blessing so let's just get to the finals i want (laughs) celtics and wolves in the finals if i get that you know i'm not even going i might have to buy a ticket for that one (laughs) hey that's what's up man i'll probably fly out if they make it to the playoffs somewhere so uh I'm just looking forward to that. Hopefully I can run into one of you there and, and plenty of other fans who are listening to the game. Um, but, uh, but until then, man, uh, as always, go Wolves. Go Wolves.